How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host and my dad, Noel Teal. I just got a like a jolt of lightning in my ear. I know. Wake up. Dude, it I'm ready time. now. I'm ready. Uh, NBA draft tonight. That's what we're Woo-hoo. all excited about. Uh, if you're listening this, to us the next day, uh, on our on our pre-recorded day, yeah. then the NBA draft has already happened. But for those listening live on the bench right now, welcome in 6 p.m. Eastern the NBA draft, this is this is probably one of the most exciting NBA drafts, but one of the most non-hyped up NBA drafts. Like, like because there's no it, superstar. It is, it is, and that's why I think it's exciting. It's exciting because you it's the unknown. It's exciting to you, the astute basketball fan. Right. To the non-basketball lover, there is no LeBron James. There is no, you know, Zion Williamson that everybody knows about. Yeah. Nobody knows who the hell Cade Cunningham is wow. unless unless wow. you are a really big basketball fan. That is... Uh, if you asked your mom who Cade Cunningham is, who would she say? Is well, he the butcher? I don't even know if my mom knows who who's LeBron James is, so we don't Come even know on, about that. Of course she does. Uh, other, other news that we're going to get to, how about Westbrook headed to the Los Angeles Lakers? Uh, at this time, looks like it's going through, not yet 100% confirmed, but we, we that looks like... It is going to happen, and Westbrook's going to be in a Lakers uniform. How about this? How about we just scratch the NBA, and we have four super teams, and we just let the four super teams play? I say we do it. I mean, that's what we've been doing. Because are the rest of the teams matter anymore? Nope. No. Unless you get Cade tonight. That ain't going to matter either. The Pistons are going to, you know, a couple years when Cade's the best player. AJ, you could be 70, and the Pistons are still going to suck. Wow. Uh, How about some other trades? Uh, how about we had to talk about Ben Simmons? He hasn't been traded as of yet, but there has been some uh, rumors and some trade declines from other teams because of some outrageous trade requests from the 76ers. I can't wait to talk about that because anything more than a bag of donuts and a slice of pizza, I think is a little too much. Also in the MLB, some key trades there as well. Scherzer looking like he's going to land with the Padres. Joey Gallo to the Yankees. Crazy. Chris Bryan and, and Javier Baez could be traded after we record this you know there's only 24 hours less than 24 hours uh before that trade deadline so we will talk about all those headlines and the nba draft and finish off with a little bit of olympics at the end yeah we got a lot of olympics to talk about we got a lot of headlines to talk about let's run it Let's begin today's episode with probably the biggest news headline. If this does, in fact, go through, which I don't see why I wouldn't, Russell Westbrook is on his way to be a Los Angeles Laker. What are your thoughts before we get into the trade? What am I? And, th- and this is and this is happening minutes before we yeah. we, we just got on air. So this is our Please. first reaction. Five minutes ago, I sat down. I put my headphones on. You're like, Did you hear about Westbrook? And I'm like, hear about Westbrook? What? I didn't even. I'm I'm floored. Okay, do the Lakers have a starting, well, they're starting five outside of Anthony Davis, LeBron, and now Russell Westbrook? It's going to be a lot of, it's going to be a lot of vet minimums because of of this trade and and how it, and how it went down and what they had to give up. So they still have Dennis Schrader, right? 
Well, Schroeder is Schroeder. is a, a free agent, and he's going to be expensive. So this basically says, Schroeder, you're done, because they were in the market for a point guard. Uh, not They didn't have a, a one that they were going after, but they had a couple they were looking at. They were looking at Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not going to leave Phoenix. So no. Schroeder demanding a lot of money. We've seen the reports. Is Ben McLemore going to be the starting shooting guard? We, we, we've seen, you know... Them go after a bunch of other point guards. You know, Ricky Rubio was like a default plan or, you know, they've had Rondo every other year. Right. And that was ridiculous. Right. And they just couldn't have, they just couldn't beat these teams with just the two that they had and not a stellar point guard. They thought Schroeder would be it. And Schroeder through half the season was looking like that third guy. And he, he, he didn't have the best end of the season and, and postseason. Listen, if you were to tell me you're going to add Russell Westbrook to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, Everybody in the world would be like, no-brainer, third all-star to combat the Nets, to combat the Bucks, to combat, you know, Utah and, and Phoenix. I get all that. And I don't think that getting Westbrook is a bad deal, especially if no. you're giving up Montreal Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, and, 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 and Caldwell Pope. Yeah, and that's the trade. It's it's Westbrook to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma, Montrez Harrell, and Catavius Caldwell Pope and their first-round pick, which is irrelevant. Right. So you're basically sending three players that on the Lakers sit around and do nothing and watch LeBron. Correct. Right? And, for, and you're shipping them off for, for, for now and, and, an all-star and an all-star point guard who is, in my opinion, actually fits really well in the Lakers you know, lineup because of how... You know, how great of he, not just a scorer, he's a great rebounder, a great uh, passer, and he, that's really to- what they need. Totally agree. My only question is, where do you, what do you do with LeBron? I mean, well, Le- now you don't have to, you know, the whole LeBron playing point guard last year was cute and all, but now you don't need him to bring up the ball. He, he works much better when he can take the ball in, in the half court or, or move around without the ball and then do his one on one thing there. I think this is a great, you know, third option because of how great he, or, or how not great he is at a you know, as a shooter or, you know, he's a great scorer, he's not a great shooter, but I think it's great to have someone that is a triple-double, just absolute beast, Yep, grabs boards for you. you and know, plays we defense. Saw, we and saw, actually plays defense. We saw Anthony Davis not be able to catch a board over anyone. You know, he was very soft last year, was not himself. Uh, now they they're missing Montrezl Harrell. Uh, Marcus is is yet to be seen. What what's going to happen with him? Marcus is 106 years old. So now you you get a presence, you know, to get rebounds. He plays defense. That was another big thing, you yeah. know, for for the Lakers. So it's all I, positive. I love the trade for the fact that I'm surprised that the Wizards settled with this and they couldn't get you know a, a better package back for Westbrook. Yeah, but on the contrary, right? If you take those three players, getting them out of LA, they're all three talented players. Right. right, we saw what Montrezl Harrell did, you know, two years ago with the was, Clippers. Was he phenomenal. was fantastic. Right. Kuzma has always had the potential. He just hasn't lived up to, yep. you know, his 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 ceiling. Right, and Caldwell Pope and, is two, three years away from, you know, uh, previously from being potentially borderline All Star, you know, back in the day. So maybe that's a little wow. stretch. It's a little stretch. What? But <laughs> hold on, what did? Whoa, 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 whoa! He had that one season where he literally was Caldwell, lights out. Okay, I'll, I'll look it up. Caldwell Pope. Unless something I'm missing from my memory, Contavious Caldwell Pope has just been a role player for his entire no, 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 ten year no, no, career. No, no, no. Uh, he may have had a couple stretch of games for the Lakers or whatever when he was a couple years ago, but it'll get border. You just hey, you said it, not me. I know, I know. I, I I'm, I'm probably gonna. How, take how it about back. we we backtrack to to great role player? 
or rounding out a starting five at the two position. Okay, fine. But here's my bigger issue right now, okay? So with Westbrook, right, would you – all right, let's put it this way. Would you rather have this trade for Westbrook or a similar trade, maybe keeping one of those three guys, maybe keeping Montreal Harrell and getting Buddy Heald and getting a true right, so that, shooting guard? So that's what – so that was the deal in place before. It was going to be – so, so this is all happening within like an hour of itself. So Woj tweets out that a deal is in place because this has been going on for a couple of weeks. The Buddy healed to the Lakers rumors, and they were waiting on some options to be picked up by Montrez Harrell. Yep. He picks up his option, and then the trade was supposed to be Montrez Harrell and Kyle Kuzma in their first-round pick for Buddy Heald. Right. Now this is the same exact package, adding Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and you're getting Russell Westbrook. To me, I think... Number one, Westbrook is the better player. I think that's a, a no-brainer, and he, and he fits better in the offense because mm-hmm. they need a, a point guard. You can go out and get a vet minimum shooting guard to start, another one to come off the bench. They have they have another you know second-round pick. Go out and get a, a Quentin Grimes tonight in the draft. Mm, I didn't even think about Quentin Grimes. Like, But all I'm saying, I'm just using it as an, as an example, yeah. point – they have been in need of a point guard for, for three seasons that LeBron's been there now. And they finally get a stellar one that that really just fits their lineup. They don't need someone that needs 20 shots a game. Uh, they, they need someone to get the ball out to the other players, to help on defense, to get rebounds. It's a it's a way better trade than the than the than the heel trade. And, and I'm really and I'm 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 just not losing sleep over giving up. No, Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, or Contavious Caldwell-Pope. No, because I'm telling you, if you watch Laker games, those three players, Kuzma would have one good game out of every seven. The other two players were garbage. And literally, you'd watch the three of them go into their different corners and literally watch AD and LeBron play basketball. Yeah. And now they have a player that doesn't stand around and is involved Correct. with every play. And I, I really love that that trade over the heel trade because I'm assuming what happened is they were set on the heel trade because the Wizards... They, they probably negotiated with the Wizards, and the Wizards were like, no, nah, we want more. They didn't want to, and they maybe this report came out. They were going to do this trade, and the Wizards come back and go, all right, we'll do this trade. You know, We don't want you to, to trade for Heald right now. We'll do this trade. Yep. So you know, it was probably like a, a, a mind game and a bidding war there. But I, I just think overall a really good trade for the Lakers, in my opinion. Yeah, I no, absolutely. Do. And then the, the flip side to that is for the Wizards now, what happens with Bradley Beal? Because we've seen, the, we, we've seen them – Try to get someone around him over the last couple of years. And they tried with Westbrook. It didn't work. Now they put three guys around him. And now you put role <laughs> players around him. And one thing, you know, there's two sides of the story. You free up a lot of cap space with getting Westbrook's contract off the books. That opens up another max player slot. There is several free agents, several p- players wanting to be traded. Who is you going know. to want to go play in so, Washington? So... That is one side of it. They open up cap space to possibly sign or trade for another star and get someone um, around Beal. The other side to it is, is this the end for Beal? Like, are they offloading Westbrook and then Beal's like, all right, I'm out of here. And, you know, th- this is the rebuilding for the Wizards. And this brings up into our next headline with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons uh, has been in the headlines because of trade trade rumors after his horrendous playoffs. Uh, there's been countless tr- uh, rumored trade offers from teams like 
the the Raptors. We've seen the from the Warriors. Uh, mul- the the 76ers requesting multiple first round picks, just, uh, just multiple players. Some sa- save outrageous. Your, save your breath. Just you have to tell what they wanted from Toronto. Well, Toronto was the most outrageous one that everyone was like, "This just, can't be I, real." You got to just repeat it because I almost wanted to throw you have, this. Yeah, the four first round picks, which already four first round picks for anybody is um, incredible. Uh-huh. Then on top of that, adding Kyle Lowry, OG Ananobi. And Fred Van Fleet. Three they, players, four, four first-round picks for Ben Simmons, and the uh, Toronto uh, Raptors respectively declined that. Okay. I want to know the amount of heroin, cocaine, and pot <laughs> that the GM of the 76ers was on when he even sent the offer over. But the, I just I, – I, you look at that trade and you go, it can't be real because why – why would the Raptors even say no to that? If I'm a GM, I don't say anything and I hang up the phone without saying a word. Right. Because that's just like, that, that's a funny joke to me because of, of how ridiculous that trade sounds for any player in the entire league, If they let ask, alone being Ben on. Simmons. If they ask for uh, OG, Lowry, and Van Fleet with no first-round draft picks, I would have hung up the phone. I I agree. If they asked for Lowry, I would have hung up the phone. (laughs) If they asked for the ball boy, the water boy, and the strength and conditioning coach, I might consider it for a minute and a half. Do you see how the the roles have reversed? A couple months ago, I was was you. You were hating Ben Simmons. I'm still you, but but I feel like you've got it all out. You you spent all those weeks hating and and seeing the and, demise of Ben Simmons right. and, you, and, and me getting be, what, I, what I've what i you wanted. You beat him up time and time again on this program, and I tried to defend him. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm done defending him. The guy's garbage. He is not worth anything. You know what? Honestly, if the Magic offered Mo Bamba, I would consider it. Wow. Anything above a Mo Bamba, I don't even want Ben Simmons on the team. So that brings up this, you know, we talked about are they going to get someone else for Beal? Now this sort of mock trade request of Beal for Simmons. Now it would it wouldn't be it wouldn't be straight up. It would be obviously Beal for Simmons and other players from the 76ers. Who else do they have? The 76ers had no bench. It would be a pick, it would be another player, who, whatever it may be, but is that something that we see because they want to get younger, they want a a, a player that is when will the 76ers realize Simmons has minimal trade value? They realize that when no one accepts their trade there and they have to come down in their asking price. Jesus. So that that's the... Uh, I'm not spending another second on Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's the uh, big trade, Westbrook to the Lakers. I hope that goes through. Uh, as we're sitting here, it is being finalized. Uh, usually when these deals are being finalized, they go through. Uh, but we'll talk about the NBA draft in a, in a little... How about we get to some other headlines being baseball because the trade deadline for baseball, 4 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. on Friday, which is tomorrow. Isn't the hockey deadline trade deadline also this week? Like, is everybody's deadline this week? Well, the hockey trade. What do you mean, hockey trade deadline? Is there a hockey deadline? Oh, no, that was the free agency. Right, we got free agency opening and it, uh, okay. n- nothing big on the free agency front but uh, for hockey. But in terms of, of baseball, we got some stuff going down. Our first big... Trade was yesterday with Joey Gallo being traded to the Yankees. Ugh. The big home run slugger what? from uh, from well, Texas. Why do the rich constantly get richer? 
So this this is that re- just our society. This trade received a lot of backlash because of the Yankee half the Yankee fans on Twitter were just going off because they think they need pitching and they don't need another Aaron Judge or Stanton who just strikes out or, hit home, or hits home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other half is saying we need another bat, and they went out and got the best one available. So be happy. So it's a lot of fifty fifty by the Yankees. I, I I'm one in baseball. Uh, baseball trades are unlike other any other sport because they involve no picks. You can't trade picks, and they rarely involve actual MLB players. They're all prospects. So, whenever you trade for a player that is an above average and all star MLB player, for non MLB players, it's a win because the I, I think I was reading something and and the odds of those. Even as good as they might be, the odds of, of those AAA and AA players becoming a above average and better than Joey Gallo player are are minimal, very minimal. You make a you're great talking point. about like one or two percent, absolutely. Unless you trade the first, your first, uh, your number one overall prospect in your in your farm system, which rarely doesn't happen because it's usually the lower guys or you know one of your top five. And quite honestly, the Yankees can reboot the. the the prospects and, yeah. the, and the minor league system. And the Yankees are all about winning now, right? right? So the Yankees were 24th in the league in runs scored. Correct. This team can hit crap, right? Other than Aaron Judge, there is nobody on this team batting over 280. Like, and the murders row in the middle, John Carlos Stanton, Glabard Torres, uh, they're not hitting the ball. No. So bringing in Gallo is a major increase in help right. for this team. And it's and they give up again. I'm not going over prospects, but they give up five prospects, all which are not like any of their top. I think it was like eight prospects. So you're not even giving up your top guys, and you're getting Joey Gallo. What is there to complain about? He's going to give you an extra a bat. He's going to hit 20 more home runs this year. Probably win you a couple games, and 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 give you that push for the for a playoff. That well, you, and and the biggest one that they uh, the Yankees sent was a guy named Duran, and he is literally a second baseman. Yeah. You know, So, like, I'm sorry. If your top prospect you're giving up is a second baseman who has been compared to, like, nobody, right? <laughs> right? Like, come on. I mean, you, you they, didn't stole, do that, they stole Gallo. They yeah. stole him. They stole him. And another trade that went down that is, again, just like the Westbrook trade, currently in a, you know, agreement upon stage, we could see another team swoop in. Again, baseball just—it's so weird. Mm-hmm. It, baseball with the whole trading is is kind of weird, but the Padres are close and should be able to uh, do this by probably tonight or by the deadline on Friday to landing Max Scherzer. It's unbelievable. This Padres team—what did I say when John was on a couple weeks? This is my team to win it all. I think that they win. They're going to win this division. The Dodgers are have recently kind of been struggling. The Giants are. You know, not as good as they were in the first half from, you know, how we've started this since the All-Star break. I, I still think the Padres are going to get pitching back uh, that they have injured. They're going to get Scherzer coming in, who is still an incredible pitcher. And they, they and the just, middle of their lineup is and, and their lineup is still ridiculous. And we, we still have, you know, a couple more hours and, and under 24 hours for the trade deadline that they still could trade for another hitter. It's very possible because of how they are basically saying we want to win now and we have the team to win. Are you a little surprised that the Nationals, who are only you know six seven games back of the Mets and for you know in the NL mm-hmm. East, 
are just unloading? I mean, I heard even Schwarber was on the trading block. Well, you, you know, th- these teams that are are not supposed to be good, you know, when it comes to the the Rangers who we've seen sell off, the Twins. Those I understand. The but you're, the Nationals you got sixty something games left. The Nationals are basically seeing this as we've seen, you know, Schwarber have that incredible month mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Uh, we, we we saw Scherzer. We can get a lot for him now. Uh, we're not winning anything this year. They're they're. Their team as a whole is not that good. You know, they're not winning anything. They're not winning the division. They're not probably going to make the playoffs with or without these guys. So a lot of these teams are just capitalizing what they can get off. They're, they're going to get a couple probably good prospects for Scherzer, who Scherzer, we don't even know, you know, will be in the league yeah, next year. You know, he might just be a rental for the uh, for the Padres for their postseason run. So th- this is something that w- w- everyone saw coming. It was, it was going to happen. We'll see if the, the Nationals actually sell off more. Be a huge pickup for Padres. It is huge. It's just a big, uh, a very big pickup because no, no one questions really any aspect of them team of their team, and now they just strengthen their their starting rotation, which yep. is uh, pretty key there. And our last headline uh, for for the MLB trade deadline is for the the Chicago Cubs game today. Uh, Javier Baez and Chris Bryant were scratched from the lineup, uh, not an injury related scratch. So that leads you to believe that they will be gone. We, we know the Cubs are wanting to unload. Don't, don't uh, you believe that Chris Bryant's going to the Mets? I mean, how I wa- many... I want to believe it. But I, there's been so many rumors over the last two weeks about this happening that it's almost like it's impossible to believe that there's some other team that's going to swoop in and take Chris Bryant. Yeah, see, I mean, there's so many teams in the mix for these guys. You hear a different rumor every day. You know the Dodgers. You know the, the Giants, the Padres. All, all the big guys out west. Uh, you know, and it that the Astros and the Oakland and and Oakland has been in these crazy true uh, trades involved over the last couple of days. Yeah, but a lot of teams are involved yeah, now. But there's a lot of it, it's one of those years where, like we talked about last week, you have seven to eight teams vying still in the playoffs in both leagues. Right. So that there's going to be a lot of trades, I believe, right. from now until until that deadline and, on Friday, and 26 teams that literally are out of it, that are going to unload. So, I mean, Berrios on Minnesota, Baez and and Bryant are are definitely on the Cubs, are going to be moved. There's some really good talent. Trevor Story on Colorado, the all-star shortstop. So there's definitely some people that could easily be moved. And they're all rumored to the Mets, and how many of them will be on the Mets? Wait, they're all either rumored to the Mets or the Yankees or the Dodgers. It's ridiculous. They're not... They're not getting. They're not all going to those three places. Javier Baez did come out and say yesterday that he would like to play with Francisco Lindor in his career because they are very good friends and is interested to sign with the Mets in the off season. <laughs> but would he be interested to come sooner than later? We'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Bryant, though, I think is the ideal trade target for the Mets. Uh, again, I don't care about prospects. Prospects are looking in the future uh, as a fan as. As a baseball fan, I want to win now. Uh, yeah. Go out and get Chris Bryant, who's been very good this season and is on a on a sucky Cubs team who's going to sell these two guys off. These two guys will be on uh, on different teams. So we'll, we'll see where they have to go. I hope we just get one. I hope the Mets just get one guy. It, it uh, would be so, nice. A, a guy to help. Actually, you know what I'd really rather than anything? Is could we get our pitchers back from the DL? Right. Get pitchers back from the DL and get another hitter and we'll uh, we'll be okay. Uh, let's take a quick break, uh, get a word from our sponsor, and we'll come back, talk the NBA draft, 
uh, finish off with the Olympics uh, to the end of the episode. Have you guys heard of the Bear Project? Well, let me tell you about it. The Bear Project is a way to help send a disadvantaged kid to summer camp. Attending summer camp is a rite of passage. Summer camps can play an important role in the lives of children, including supporting their social, emotional, and physical development. This luxury just doesn't extend to everybody. This is what the Bear Project plans to solve. You can get involved and help send disadvantaged children to summer camps. If you want to help, head to their Instagram, The Bear Project, and also head to their website, www.thebearproject.com. That's bear, spelled B-A-E-R, to get involved. Back on the Sports Appeal, let's get into the NBA Draft. The NBA Draft tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern over on ESPN. It's going to be a good one. Like we said in the intro, I think it's one of those that is the least hyped up in years, but very exciting because to a fan, uh, it's nice to know after these first couple picks, there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of unexpected. Uh, There's a big pool of players that, like we've, we've talked about over the last couple weeks, Besides Cade Cunningham, who's a, a lock to go number one tonight, there's a lot of unknown. It's it's a bunch of guys pooled and mixed together from two to sixty in 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 the draft pool. It's a lot of it's a lot of unknown. It's a lot of this is going to be a draft that's going to come back in a couple years and be like if if you hit this draft and you got the guy or the one guy or, or the one out of five guys in this draft that hit, then you do, do, you, do you won. You find it amazing. Like, I know I've said this until I'm blue in the face lately, but this is not a draft of superstars, but it is a draft that you can go 20, 25 deep with players that will make a team. Yeah. Like, there's some real... We watched a lot of college basketball this year, right? I mean, between the Big Ten, which we I felt like we were watching every game down the stretch, mm-hmm. to the tournament where we didn't miss a single minute of any game... We watched a lot of talent. Like, you just mentioned Quentin Grimes in the opening, right? I totally forgot Quentin Grimes is actually in the draft tonight, right? But this guy's a sharpshooting, great number. He'll be a great two. Yeah. Well, well, the the thing also about this draft is there's a common theme with some guys that, if you did watch college basketball this, this past year, some guys that were incredible, record-setting seasons, guys that won conference player of the year. Hey, Luca Garza. Luca Garza. <laughs> Who is not even projected to go in the first round and may not even be drafted tonight. AJ, I looked at the latest projections. Luca Garza is ranked 55th. Yeah, you got you got He was players. the best player in the country. You have players like him, you have players like Io Desumu, who was right up there with Luca Garza in Big Ten player of the okay. year. Big, he's big not, difference. He's not projected to go in the top in the in the top 20, 25, maybe first round. But there's a big difference there, okay? Ayo Desumu down the stretch and in the tournament was horrific. Right? He he literally just disappeared off the face of the earth. Luca Garza on both sides of the ball in both the Big Ten tournament and in the and in the tournament itself in March Madness was unstoppable. Right. But in terms of NBA prospects, they both you would think how they dominated this season would be up there and, and what, talked about more. Well, let me ask you a question. What don't you like about Luka Garza? He, I, sh- he can shoot I, the I three. I think that he's... I think that he is... I think he <laughs> is... I, I don't know what that was. I think that Luka Garza is great on the college level, but people are scared that he's not as athletic as centers are getting. He's not, you know, as dynamic yeah he can shoot yeah he can he's a big guy but 
what else is there, you know? I'll tell you what Unless else Unless his ceiling is is the next Nikola Jokic, which that he's, he's compared to, you know, he he's just another unathletic kind of big man in there, which the game is sort of trying to go away from, but yet people like Jokic are winning the MVP. So it's kind of confusing. I cannot it's disagree kind of con- more. It's kind of confusing why he's so low, but I, I wouldn't expect him to be, you know, a, a top 20 pick or in the lottery or whatever. But okay. it is kind of confusing why he's so low and may not even be drafted. That's a little confusing. AJ, I'm the stats guy. You're the eye test guy. Everything with you is about what you see. Right. You can't tell me you don't watch a complete basketball player who gives you 120% no, I, I, every minute he's on I the do. court. I do. I do. So I, that, I, how does that not translate to the NBA? It, I don't have the answers for you. If, if it was me, he'd be a first-round pick. You know, he, I, I would take a flyer on him. Orlando Magic, second-round pick, pick up Garza. You think they're listening right now? Oh, maybe. I, I mean... It, it it came as a shock to me, you know, months ago when when these mock drafts started coming out, and you you try to you know, oh, where is Luca Garza going? Is he going in the top ten? Oh, I don't. I'm scrolling. I keep scrolling. Oh, did they forget his name in the first round? Oh, did they, oh, he's down here at fifty second to the Denver Nuggets. Like <laughs> what? What did you see? I don't know if you saw the same uh, draft board. Right after Luca Garza, like two spots later, was Dwayne Washington from yep. Ohio State. Who literally was a their best player in by the tournament. far, by far, mm-hmm. and and literally for about three weeks at the end of the season couldn't miss a shot to save his life. Like literally hit everything he threw up, and I mean, candidly, you could compare him and Cade Cunningham the way they were playing down the stretch. Yeah, and this guy is ranked fifty eighth. So I'm trying to figure out the the spots between five and fifty five who these people are. Look, again, I don't understand why he's so low. I understand why he's not so high. I think he should be right in the middle or a late a late first round, early second. Maybe, you know, this also reminds me of of the Bull Bull kind of situation mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Bull Bull was incredible, like one of the best prospects uh when he was at when he was at Oregon because of how athletic he was at like 7-3. They able he was like a 40% three-point shooter it was like this is unheard of and the only difference is is in the nba when you have ankles the size of my but i'm saying like unheard of and he goes and he drops all the way to like for the 40s or the 50s in the second round so there's a lot of those guys like we just said we said to sumo we said him uh on the uh, on the illinois kofi coburn isn't even in this draft because he, he couldn't you know for his future sake he couldn't enter this draft because he wasn't even projected to get drafted so he has to stay another year (laughs) the the number one or number two center in the entire country and he's not going to be honestly i I know that that garza was better last year in terms of stats and he won big 10 kofi coburn i think was the best center prospect in the country and he's not even being entered in this draft obviously this is why i'm not an nba scout or maybe i don't know why to, to me, maybe it's not because maybe I'm seeing something different than everyone else's. Dude, to me, Kofi Coburn reminded me of Patrick Ewing. Like that's how much I thought this guy was going to be. He great. Rem- the the way he played in college reminded me of Joel Embiid in college. He that that's who he yeah. reminded me of, and he has a similar build. Yep. And I believe if he really works on his everything else around him and his everything else about his game, he could turn into you know a Joel Embiid that is playing to the level he is today in the NBA. So, but, but con- again, but, but I'm just on. a little confused on on some of these rankings and some of the yeah. uh, 
of the prospect rankings. But now look at the flip side of that. And again, I know I'm saying this till I'm blue in the face. Evan Mosley is Mobley. the Mobley. You don't right? even know his name. Because I can't stand him. He is the number three rated player in this draft. He is seven foot whatever, right? Seven, oh, 215 pounds. He looks like a twig. He, he looks like a strong wind is going to blow him over. He is not a dominant scorer. He is not a dominant, strong player. He's, he's, he's soft as can be. He's not a real strong rebounder. What do these scouts see in this dude? So since you said that, I am officially going to the casino and placing <laughs> Rookie of $500 on, on him to win, on Evan Mobley to win Rookie of the Year. All because of my Trey Young comment a couple of years ago? I, I get one guy wrong, and, and you're going to take it down. Because I think that, that you're going a little far. He is an exceptional – look, we talked about what is desirable from – he's everything – he's the opposite, you know, in terms of athleticism from Luka Garza. What, what, is, what does he do just as well as Luka Garza? You know, he's a, he's a great shooter. He shot well from three. He's a three-level scorer. He's a seven-footer. He's athletic because he's, you know, such a, a thin guy. And they'll bulk up. They'll bulk him up. But that athleticism moves him up so far because you're getting a guy that can play the five, can play the four. Uh, he can go out in the wing and, and kind of play the three. That, that's what's so desirable in the NBA nowadays. Luca Garza, you stick in the paint and you set a, a, a pick and roll, that's about it. There's so much. The ceiling for, for, for Evan Mobley is incredibly higher than a lot of these other prospects. That's okay. why he's at number three. Okay, good. Again, I like stats. Okay, uh-huh. I'm a I'm a numbers guy. Right. Just explain to me this, Evan Mo. <laughs> I'm never gonna get this guy's right. Evan Mobley averaged his last year at USC 16 points and eight rebounds a game. Okay, so 16 and eight in the Pac-10, which is not Pac-12, not even in the great you know basketball conference. Good, good conference, not great. Luca Garza averaged 24 and eight. Averaged seven more points in the best conference in basketball, in college basketball. Mm-hmm. Explain to me again why I'm looking at this wrong. Because you're, wow, are, have you really been alive for like double the years as me? Because yep. I think you're being a little naive here in terms of the when has the NBA draft ever been, oh, who who has scored the most points you're going to draft? Mm-hmm. Why is Max Admis from uh, Oral Roberts not the first all pick? He averaged like 30 points last year. Because he's five foot two. Right, so it's all about prospecting. But Luka Garza is 6'11", 270. He's a, he's a beast. You move him down in the block. Right, but are, some some teams will look at Luka Garza and say, oh, you see a 6'11", 270 guy, not really, you know, athletic, kind of uh, uh, a guy that clogs up the paint, or do I want Evan Mobley, who has this Anthony Davis ceiling, who Ooh. can, you know, has a similar play style to him, who can really handle the ball and shoot the three, and, and and play one on one. Since you're since you're in this position of just throwing money away, mm-hmm. when you go put the bet in for five hundred dollars for rookie of the year for Evan Mobley, can you also put a little five hundred dollars aside that will bet right that Evan Mobley will never be Anthony Davis ever? I'm not saying that. That's his. You know, that's his his real comparison. I'm not saying that it that's right or wrong. But in what world can you compare those two? Like, I'm they have sorry, very similar play styles. Really. Look, obviously you didn't watch too much Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley is a bouncy, jump-out-of-the-building kind of athletic guy. Don't get me wrong. The the guy has tremendous ups, and he's got a 7'4 wingspan. I get that. 
He does not have a good offensive game. Yes, uh, sure he does. He's no, a he he's a three. Why do you think he's the number three three overall pick? I'm really trying to figure. He it is out. a three level scorer. He can handle the basketball, and that's what you want in a big these days. The traditional big man of sit in the paint and do your post moves is just not so, what is. So when you say he's, when you say he's a tr- he's a good three point shooter, he shoots thirty percent from three point land. Is and that good for a big? For a seven footer, if if you're shooting thirty percent and and that's pr- and he's probably getting that up to thirty five, you know that's better than than a lot of guards, than a lot of bench guards. Thirty, I mean, for a big, that is what you want. He's not he's not gonna be shooting Curry 45 percent. Do, do you know Luca Garza averaged thirty five percent in college? I'm sure he did. Of course he did. But what I'm saying, look, I don't. In my opinion, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think that these these two, in terms of prospects are that far off from each other. I'm just telling you why Evan Mobley is regarded as a top five pick and Luca Garza is a bottom five pick in the second round. All right, I have said enough. Yeah, But in terms of the NBA draft, just to kind of roll over what is going on, uh, the NBA draft is actually in an hour and a half. So we will recap all of this on Monday's episode. Uh, we'll recap all the draft picks and, uh, and go over who won the draft, who made a bad pick, who reached, who didn't. So let, uh, me, but, but, let me ask you a different question, mm-hmm. right? So obviously we're Orlando Magic fans, and we're kind of excited that we have the fifth and the eighth pick tonight. Right. Right? What would you consider a win coming out with those two picks? So I'll answer that in a second. So we have – I just want to break this down, and we'll, and we'll kind of segue okay. into the into the Magic because the first three over, overall picks are pretty much confirmed. You have Cade going number one, followed by Green – number two, and Mobley, number three. That's pretty much confirmed. Unless there's an incredible trade with someone moves up and there's a an offer that a team can't resist, that's going to be the top three. Then you have Toronto at four, who right now is sitting at taking Suggs because they're probably going to lose Lowry. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen there, so they need a replacement for him. And they kind of have a lot of good forwards, so that looks like the pick for them. And then you go to the Magic, and the Magic, the, the rumor for weeks now has been Scotty Barnes. Yep. This is my favorite player in the draft besides Cade. So I actually have him as my as my second best prospect. Um, I think in th- this is the true definition of if you look at his stats, you'd say, why is he the, a top five pick? If you looked at his play time, why is he a top five pick? Uh, he won sixth man of the year at, at FSU. Uh, he, he's an incredible prospect in terms of his wingspan. Uh, he stands at 6'10", 6'11". He might even still be growing. Uh, he just rem- he reminds you of Jonathan Isaac, yeah. who is from FSU, you know, no, uh, coincidentally, uh, a seven, almost seven-footer that plays the three. Barnes plays the three, you know, slash four. A, a guy that was, you know, a, a skinny dude. Isaac was a skinny dude. They've kind of bulked him up. He's a future all-defensive first team. That's what That's what I think Barnes brings to you. He brings... An incredible defensive uh, stature. The the Magic have been wanting the long wingspan, have been wanting the the big lengthy guys that can also you know shoot. and And I think that he just brings another great role player that has an incredible high ceiling, just like Jonathan Isaac. If Jonathan Isaac didn't have fifteen knee surgeries in the last like three years, the dude would be an, an all star. You know, he has that capability, and I think you're you're getting another player with that ceiling like in Scotty Barnes. I hope that is the pick at five. If if he is there at five, I, I'm gonna go out and say that it will be the pick. Yep. I'm afraid Toronto pulls some some stuff at four. 
and maybe goes with the better prospect in Barnes over a positional need. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you that Barnes is the prototypical player that the Magic like. You know, long 7-2 wingspan, you know, a guy that gets up and down the floor, heavily athletic, can jump out of the building. I, I totally see him as another compliment to, to Isaac, and hopefully Isaac comes back, you know, healthy. But the interesting one is Kaminga, right? Yeah. I mean, he's such, he's a monster. He is. You know, and uh, raw he, talent. Right, there People, he's kind of trending on uh, downwards because he's just not that great of an offensive player. He kind of, if you had a player comp, I mean, he kind of comps to Draymond Green in a way. It's not the best, but it's kind of great rebounder. He's a good passer. He just, he can't shoot. You know, he, he shot, he, he doesn't shoot threes. That's uh, not true. He's I not mean, a fantastic shooter. He's a good scorer. And, and back in the day, Draymond could score, but he's a, he's a, Incredible defensive slash rebounder. Uh, he's a he's a good number four piece. I don't personally like him that much, but he's going to be a top ten pick, and we'll have to see how his game translate in the translates to the NBA. So he's kind of a guy you got to wait and see. Yeah. So I I think a little bit differently. I mean, if you looked at his stats at the Nike, you know, elite youth basketball league, the guy was shooting like forty three percent from three. So he has the ability to shoot. He is so big and strong. Yeah. Like he could be a dominating player if someone actually teaches him how to play, you know, NBA style basketball. Well, these overseas guys, you know, they they come already packaged and and developed for the NBA. That's yep. why, you know, he's up there as well. Yep. But some other guys that you have moving up and kind of on the come up in the draft, we talk I think Scotty Barnes is one because I honestly think he could go up into the top four and, and be selected by the Raptors at four. I'm praying that is not the case. Then there's my boy. Davian Mitchell. Davian Mitchell also on the come up. The Baylor, the Baylor sh- sharpshooter. Yeah. Uh, another guy is Zaire Williams. A lot of people may know him if, you, if you're if you a high school basketball player. He was an extremely high recruit. Chose Stanford. Uh, didn't have, like, the greatest season at Stanford. He still is going out. And, again, incredible uh, high school prospect is now projected to be a top 15 uh, pick. The Magic are actually in in very intrigued by mm-hmm. Zaire Williams could even pick him at eight that is their uh that that's the rumor surrounding him you want to talk about rail Finn though you could blow him over with this good strong wind. right and 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 yeah these guys uh guys need to put some weight on they, and they will that's what they do uh, another guy on the on the way up in the draft uh in the draft boards Chris Duarte mm-hmm. uh from Oregon this guy had an cr- incredible tournament yep. uh really kind of Skilled wing player. Uh, the Knicks have been in on him. They could look to trade up into the top 15, top 12. Uh, maybe he he's one that goes uh, a little earlier than that. Now, this is a guy who can shoot. This is one of the best three-point shooters in the yes, country. A, a and great he, shooter. And he has a nastiness about him that I love when, mm-hmm. when you watch him play. Like, he just, he will not take crap from anybody. No. And another guy is uh, Kai Jones from Texas. Uh, a, a decent player. Uh, I don't think he's top 12, you know, lottery selection material, but he is on the come up. I'm just reading from rumors, you know, surrounding from various sources of players that are rising on draft boards. You also have James Booknight, who is a fan favorite and one of my favorites uh, from UConn, had a, had a good tournament as well. Uh, he, he's a very skilled player, uh, a, just a solid point guard, like ball handling, one of the best, a good shooter, uh, good in ISO situations. He could be on. He he could he could be on his way to a, a top six selection. You know, we could see some 
I'm telling you, four, five, and six are going to be really what determines this draft because the Raptors could shake things up before by not taking Suggs and taking another player. The Magic at, at five, if, if the Raptors do not do not take Suggs, they're going to be all over the place. And then you have a, a board that's kind of flip-flopped all the way down. So Book Knight could definitely see see his name rise into the top 10. I have three names that I'm looking for, and I think are going to be really good in the draft. Right, One we talked about earlier, Quentin Grimes from Houston. I think he's, I a, love Grimes. he's a great player. Number two is Isaiah Livers from Michigan. He got yep. hurt and didn't play in the tournament. That guy was is a great, great power forward. Yeah. And then my third guy is, do you remember Jason Preston from Ohio? Yes, I do. Another unbelievable shooter who has a motor that doesn't stop and an aggressive style that I, I really like. I think he's a... I think he could be a phenomenal player, a very like Devin Booker like player. Yeah, so he's he's an interesting prospect because of you know he's got a good story. Uh, he had a good tournament, the upset versus Virginia that was big. He was a big part of that. He's just a to me, mm-hmm. he's not an NBA player. He was a good college player. Uh, he kind of reminds me of like a street ball player in the NBA. And I have my doubts about that's who Devin Booker was before Chris Paul came. Well, I not it's not like that. I I have my doubts about how in an NBA game I want to watch I want to watch him play an NBA game and make my you know assumptions about him then. But you know he's a streaky player. Uh, some a lot of games he he did play good this year, but then also the game after Virginia he kind of tanked and they uh, and they lost after that one and he didn't play good there. So he's a he's a streaky guy. Could he be more consistent? We'll have to see in, in the actual NBA. But he's not he's not my favorite in terms of the NBA. I like I like right. the kid. I like I like how he played in college, but but not my favorite. Another uh one last player on my list that I have is Josh Giddy, who we kind of mm-hmm. talked about last episode. We're like, who's Josh Giddy? Who's Josh Giddy? Uh he is he is moving up on boards, especially the Grizzlies. Uh they've been connected to him. Uh they did trade up to number 10. Uh, with that Pelicans trade. Yep. And if he's there at 10, that looks like the selection. So Josh Giddy, not a lot of people may know, uh, I believe from his Australia, uh, another foreign player. Grizzlies like him. That's that's what they like. I, I, I don't I don't know too much to judge on if, yeah. if that's a reach or not, but I think it'll be a little bit of a reach. We'll 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 see uh if they actually follow through. So that is that's the draft for tonight. And and the worst part about the draft is it it'll last to like twelve thirty at night. Well, the greatest thing about the NBA draft is it's two rounds, but it's really only like fifteen picks. I, I'm gonna watch till pick fifteen. And I know, then... but pick fifteen is three hours long. Like it's so they draw it out hey, so much. We just have to watch till pick eight. That's what I'm I'm most excited about. Listen, the dream. I, I will be flicking back and forth from the Olympics wow. to the game. I'm not watching the whole draft without. I'll flip and see who they pick, and I'm flipping back to the Olympics. I am really hoping for a pairing of Scotty Barnes at five for the Magic. Uh, I really do see the scenario that the top four play out as they should. It's fine. Barnes as, is as there lo- at five. As long as I get David Mitchell with the eighth, I'm, I will be happy. Barnes is there at five. We take Barnes. And at eight, it could, I'm, I'm fine with a number of players. I'm fine with Davion Mitchell. Fine with Book Knight. I'm fine with Zaire Williams. I think he's an intriguing uh, guy that you could just, hey, Take him with the eighth pick. You, you know what's really crazy? We have so many needs. You could pick just about anybody. <laughs> I just, I just don't want Josh Giddy. That's fine. I don't know why we would take Josh Giddy. I just don't want Josh Giddy. Something, something about Giddy, giddy. doesn't make me giddy. Fair. Yeah. But that's uh, 
that's the NBA draft. We'll recap that on Monday. Uh, hopefully, we get some uh, some picks right. Six forty-seven on the East Coast, and before we get into the Olympics, we do have to have one big announcement. Yeah. Happy birthday to our favorite player in the NFL, Mister Dak Mr. Prescott. Dak Prescott. Happy happy did birthday. Get hurt. The other day, but eh, he's a little uh, shoulder strain. He's looking good. But just want to wish my boy happy birthday and 28. That's 20. crazy. Yeah. Incredible. Been watching him for at least 10 years now. Well, because we because we followed him at Mississippi State. Right. But that is a uh, shout out to Dak. Uh, stay healthy. And for all of you who don't know, and actually in the room with us, hanging out and chilling with us, is our dog who we named after Dakota Rain Prescott, and Dakota is uh, is sitting behind us on the bed. Yeah, Dakota and <laughs> actually <laughs> slouched out on the bed. Not very interested in what we have to say. I guess not. Uh, one last thing, actually, before we get to the Olympics, we have a breaking news. Anthony Rizzo has been traded to the Yankees. Uh, the so the Yankees, Yankees are going keep... are going out. They are they are they are buying everyone, and they steal. Uh, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. That was actually the one Cub we didn't mention when we were talking about Chris Bryant and Javier Baez. Did, so Rizzo goes to the Yankees. Did they have to trade Luke Voigt? I I don't have confirmation on a on what it was on what the actual uh, trade was. I'm gonna go with it didn't have anything to do with Luke Voigt, huh. uh, but it is interesting that the Yankees are keep spending. going out, keep spending. They're going all out, and now they get they get Rizzo. Actually, the Red Sox were interested in Rizzo, who is their you know rival that are and first in that division. So they steal Rizzo for from the Red Sox. Do you find it funny though between Rizzo and Chris Bryant? I feel like these guys have been in the league for a hundred and eight years. They've been in the league for a while. A long time. These are veterans that these guys you know that these teams are are wanting to give them some uh, to give them some help towards getting back on the playoff track. Yep. So that is that's my only uh, bomb during the broadcast. Yep. Well, we got about we got about ten minutes left. Let's talk about the Olympics. The Olympics are going on. We had my favorite uh, event in the golf uh, kickoff. All the great events, kickoff. and you were watching golf last night. In terms of the Olympics, it's my favorite event because I actually find the Summer Olympics to be way less exciting than the winter. I'm a winter. I, I found out this year I'm a winter guy. You like the hockey. I, I like, like the hockey. You like the bobsled. Bobsled is is super fun to watch. Uh the when they jump off the mountains and you know and the, the ski jumping. The ski jumping that's that's crazy. The summer one just doesn't do it for me. I think the swimming is cool. I liked watching Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps doesn't do it anymore. It doesn't do it for me. Uh the diving is actually pretty cool. The I, synchronized I diving was very the cool. The synchronized last diving night. is is impressive the united states won the silver and other than that and you know until the 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 track starts which i, I do kind of like the track and field more there's just not a lot of stuff that in, that i enjoy well then turn the program over to me because i have a few things to say all right so there were three unbelievable swimming races finals last night right so right uh bobby fink in uh his race i think it was the oh geez now i'm forgetting what he was racing in 400 meter uh i think it was breaststroke but he came out of nowhere. Like, yeah, you got to watch this race. He literally was nowhere to be seen. And in the last 50 meters, he came out of nowhere and to win this race. And the pure emotion is, is what gets me with the Olympics. When people who aren't expected to do things mm-hmm. or beat the greatest you know, uh, champions of, of the world. And he just unbelievably came in at the end. And then Caleb Dressel, right? Caleb Dressel in the 100-meter freestyle, just at the last you know turn... Picked it up, came through, beat the you know top 
guys in the world. And then watching his parents and his wife lose their everlasting mind. And yep. I mean, the pure emotion of what these guys have had to go through for four, now five years and to win. And Caleb Dressel is a, an unbelievable swimmer. And then the best thing of the night was the four by 200 women's uh, medley in the freestyle. So here you have the Americans who were not projected to win. And they had the Australians who were the best in the world and had the two, probably the two best swimmers other than Katie Ledecky. And Katie Ledecky took the final leg. And both, not, not both, China, USA, and Australia, all, one, two, three, USA came in second, all beat the world record. Like, wow. have you ever seen where three swimming teams beat the world record in one race? And Katie Ledecky, who was given a half of a, uh, probably three body lengths, uh, deficit to overcome lost by like a hair on a chin it was the most incredible race this is what i love about the Olympics. well i do have to say that the swimming doesn't get me that excited but kayla decky is very incredible to watch when a couple nights ago she won her event the and, and she starts lapping people <laughs> that that gets a little insane when she starts winning by like multiple seconds Yes, when you that's have, just not but, common. But in, when you have thirty two laps, could you imagine doing thirty two laps at a, at a high level where you're constantly no. going, going, going? And you know what's crazy to me is, I just kind of found out that I I originally thought that one length of the pool was a hundred meters. Nope, it's only fifty. So you yeah. gotta go. It's like so far. Yes. It's incredibly far. So I don't even I don't want to do that. It it was a great night in that. Um, Obviously, we got to talk about Simone Biles, right? So for anybody who wasn't following, and you have to be under a rock not to know this, but Simone Biles, after the vault of the team competition for women's gymnastics, uh, decided to pull herself out, citing that mentally she wasn't into it and that she was having a lot of anxiety and, and a lot of um, just overall, just head not in that in, in that right space, right. right? And pulled out so that her teammates would have a better chance of winning, you know, doing something that a lot of people criticized. Some people came through and, and, and backed her more, more criticized than, than backed her. Which, I which, believe. You know, which is horrible because you know, I, I really took a lot of time to think about it. I, I was devastated for Simone Biles because obviously she's the goat, right? If she had a chance to win six gold medals, she may have won six gold medals on top of the God knows how many medals she already has. And she would have lived in immortality as the greatest gymnast in the history of, of all of our lifetime. Right. And now she's going to have this as part of her legacy. And the hardest part is, and I, this is what I was thinking about. If you're a swimmer and you're not heads, not in the game or you're not right, or you're having mental you know, health issues, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to come in seventh or eighth and they're going to be like, wow, you know, you, he didn't have it or he had a bad day. She had a bad day. You do something where your head's not in the game in gymnastics and you're breaking your neck. Like you could have serious injury on the beam, on the bars, on the vault. Like, you, know, you do have to kind of put it in that context. And and she was very open about the fact that when she was younger, she was fearless. You know, nothing bothered her. Now, she, every time she gets up there at 20-something years old, 28 years old, or 26 years old, she's thinking like, oh, my God, if I don't, you know, spot the landing, I could get hurt. Or if I fall off, I could get hurt. And and you, as a gymnast, you can't be like that. You, you can't have that in your head. Well, now that she's she's become this, like, national hero and mm -hmm. you know this this idol there's like an immense amount of pressure on her immense and there, there's there's 
an argument to this side, and I don't think either argument is right. I don't think either argument is wrong, but I do think it's a, it's just a little, it just sucks a little because it wasn't something like before, you know, a week before the Olympics, sure. she goes, I don't have it in me. I'm going to skip this Olympics in the middle of the event, right? before, like after, after it started after round one, after round one. And then you, you kind of quit. It just the way it happened. Yes, it could makes it look way worse than I think people are. People are taking uh, but, people on on social media are taking this so far. Yeah, it's not it's not that crazy. She didn't like. She didn't kill anybody. And and not, you know what? Not she also that. she also backed out of the individual things. So obviously, right? That yeah. I mean, I mean, if she did the individuals and let down her team, that would have been one thing that I don't think anybody would understand that. But she has backed out of all of it, which I understand. And guess what? The good news of all of this is Suni Lee. Got a chance to really shine in, a, in an opportunity, and she took advantage, and she won the gold in the all-around today. And kudos to her. It's the fifth straight Olympics that a women, a U.S. woman has won the all-around. That's incredible. USA, baby. USA. And we, we lead the, uh, the medal total right now, I believe. Yes, yes we, we do. We got 38, and it hasn't even been a week. We no. got another week of this? Yeah, well, I mean, think about how many more medals there are in track and field, mm-hmm. you know, overall in the disciplines. Look, at the end of the day, we, we just won the three by the three by three or three three on three uh, women's basketball. We have the swimming has been unbelievable. I mean, we maybe not have got as much gold as we would expect, but we got a lot of people meddling. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And overall, I mean, if you look at uh, golf the other day, I mean, you were talking about golf. I we were watching. I think they were actually putting on carpet because mm-hmm. every or and a cup. I, I don't know if the, everything was just uh, geared towards the hole, but every putt was going in. It was like watching miniature golf. Well, another thing with it, the course, not like it didn't. It wasn't not nice, but it didn't look that crazy nice, and it didn't look that hard. You, well, you had to hit it down the middle. Like if you went right or left, you were screwed. Right, but it looked very. Very straight and easy. Right, straight, and, easy, and, and put it in the hole. But if you put it on the green, we were watching people hit 25-foot putts, 20-foot like putts, like it was nothing where it was – even the announcers were laughing, like, oh, this is probably going to go in two. Yep, yeah, it went in two. You know, like, I mean, just the, the scores, minus eight, minus seven after the first round. I mean, they're on pace to, like, have minus 32, minus 30, you know, wins on this. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. I did feel bad for the South Korean, though. Right, you saw the two South Koreans. Yeah. Both of them are like minus one and like even, and they have that issue where in South Korea, if you win a medal, any medal, then you get to skip your two-year responsibility in the army. And this is like one of their one of the guys that's his last chance, and he's not looking very good. Yeah, it, he's looking like he's going to be spending talk, two years in the army. If you want to talk about pressure, that <laughs> that is uh, that's incredible. That's something that. Not a lot of people have to deal with, and you're talking about someone that you have to go win this medal to avoid the army. That's a tall task. It is a tall task. You know, I think that overall the Olympics has been phenomenal. I mean, there's been a bunch of COVID issues. You know, the U.S. pole vaulter just got knocked out. A couple of golfers have been knocked out. But overall, the games have gone on, you know, Mm -hmm. and except for the ridiculous heat and things like that, I mean, it's going well. I think they got to be happy with the, the way the results are. Yeah, and I, I, you know, you're still attached to it. So I, it I can't. I have to good. watch every night. I must I'm, be going. Good. I love it. I love the stories. Did before we end this? Did you see uh, the Packers got Randall Cobb back? 
Yeah, I, they, I they're that. reuniting their entire Be, because, old team. Because Aaron Rodgers has spoken. And when Aaron Rodgers and, speaks, Aaron Rodgers gets it done. And Guten Guts, or whatever his name is, <laughs> said that he did this for Aaron. And then Randall Cobb came on and said, Houston Texans, you're trash. He came on there. <laughs> he didn't say those words, but he said that he hates the Houston Texans. Well, good luck uh, on the draft tonight. I hope we get what we want. And we'll see everybody on Monday. Scotty Barnes.